0: Welcome to the DL. This is the show where we talk about everything in the truck and equipment repair industry. It's my job to help inform and educate you on ways to help your business. We talk with technicians, business owners, associations, industry experts, manufacturers, and even a few you wouldn't think traditionally apply to your business. Welcome to the DL, I'm your host, Tyler Robertson, the CEO and founder of Diesel Laptops. This is the show I love to do. I get to talk about everything to do with truck repair, entrepreneurship, and a little bit of both. So today I have a guest in here and we're gonna take a little bit of a step outside of, it touches repair, but it touches the, the transportation logistics side of it here a little bit as well. So with it, today I have Larry here with Truck Suite. So Larry, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, appreciate it, Tyler. Thanks for the invite. So, not only is this your first time on a podcast show, but I got your
1: boss behind the camera as well, right? Yeah, they're sitting here making fun of me over <laughs> here. So, but I'll uh, I'll focus on on the task at hand. So, no worries. Well, good to have you here. Great to have people
0: back in the studio. Great for people to be able traveling and everything. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to things getting back to normal. Um, I'm glad I don't have to wear a mask for the for the podcast over here though. I, you, you know what? I'm just glad to have people back in this back in the <laughs> studio. So, yeah. Uh, but let's just let's just do this. You know, at the end of the day, people may not have heard of Truck Suite. So at a very high level, and we'll kind of dig into it here. Sure. What 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 is Truck Suite? How long have you guys been around for, and, and what do you guys do?
1: Several years ago, we came up with uh, with the uh, plan to create Truck Suite, and it's it's more or less to help the little guy. Um, we've there was a lot of issues in the past with uh, is an owner operator, an employee of carrier, or uh not were they an independent contractor and as you well know there was several large fines that were put out to some of the carriers so what we decided to do was put together a program that would support not only the carrier but also the owner operator and some of the services and products had to do with escrows Uh, as you well know repairs and maintenance with these trucks are real important so we assisted in in helping uh, build up an escrow for these owner operators uh, we were able to locate equipment, we were able to locate um, financing for the equipment. Uh, we we assisted with call centers. So when there was a breakdown, we were able to direct them to a, a repair facility. Um, and we added other products on top of that. We built off of it, warranties, warranty financing, uh, repair financing. And one of the things that have become has become real popular uh, on the repair finance side, um, is the fact that we use weekly payments. We try to match up the the uh, the cash flow for those owner-operators with weekly payments. So, you know, I sold used trucks
0: before, years ago, right? This is before did. service manager, all this. And, and you know, when you, we were a Western Star dealer, so we sold to a lot sure. of owner-operators. I sure. was an owner-operator truck. And you either had the guys that came in that had great credit, they knew how to run a business and do all these things, and they either the people that were trying to figure it out, right? They right. wanted to be their own boss. <clears> they wanted to have trucks. You could tell they weren't financial savvy as, as some of the other guys and have been around us long enough. Um, and there's 9 million trucks on the road today. So I don't, I don't know how many owner operators are out there. It's, it's gotta be a big number I can imagine, but you know, is it still that way? They're, they're kind of all trying to figure out how to be their, own, be their own business and be their own boss. And it sounds like those are kind of the things you guys are trying to help people with.
1: Yeah, we are. And, and as a matter of fact, we do take on a consultative role. Um, one of the things we really, really try to do is we'll interview the carrier ahead of time. We want to make sure that the loads, the, the revenue that's going to be generated off that truck can sufficiently pay for that vehicle on a weekly basis. Sometimes, as you had mentioned, a lot of the owner-operators are not all that savvy when it comes to the financing, um, and we'll help them with that. We'll help them with the cash flow, and that's why we do weekly payments because we try to match it up with the, with the, uh, the settlements that they get um, from the carriers on, on a weekly basis. So uh, we help quite a bit there.
0: So I know in the diesel tech world, I see a lot of, you know, the, the typical progression is someone's a diesel tech, they're working for somebody else, they're learning how to fix trucks, and then they decide, hey, I wanna be my own boss. And whether that's a, a mobile maintenance operation right. or a repair shop, and then, <clears> then they're like, cool, they're their own boss, they're doing it, then they realize there's this whole, this whole business side of the, of the equation, they know how to fix trucks really well, they, they don't know how to run their shop or how they should do things and efficiency and productivity and, and how to be the business side. Is it kind of like that way with truck drivers as well? They kind of make that migration from working for someone else, and they want to be
1: their own boss and, and work up that way. There, there's a, there's a lot that goes on with these um, owner operators when they were drivers. They may have been fantastic drivers, you know, hard workers, very diligent. But when they become owner operators, they kind of miss a few steps along the way, and we do help them with that. As a matter of fact, we even work with them from a, a tax standpoint and a bookkeeping standpoint to help. Um, we've had. Uh, owner-operators enter into the program and we talk to them about the finance part of it and we'll say, well, geez, do you have a bookkeeper? And a lot of them will come back and say, well, yeah, I've had the same bookkeeper for seven years. Well, do you take advantage of the depreciation, the expenses, and this is, well, my wife really doesn't know (laughs) about all that, so we can help in that capacity as well. So we try to to raise the bar a little bit for these guys. It it sounds a lot like people that run
0: truck shops, the independent side, right? It's like, hey, my wife does my books, my, my sister does my website, and they, they're just trying to find whatever resource they have to, to, to get their business going. And it's, it's a hard hump to get over a lot. And the, the point I want to drill down is one you kind of mentioned twice, and that's the weekly payments. So I know like when I buy a car or a house, I, I do monthly payments. Why do you guys do like the weekly, the weekly payment option for these?
1: If, this you, if you think of how most of the lenders were set up too on the financing of the truck, it's a big nut that they've got to get hit with once a month, whether it's the 1st, the 15th, or the 30th. So, what we try to do is just even out that cash flow. Yeah. Um, and what they don't realize a lot of the uh, owner operators will come in and they'll have this big wad of cash from the settlement and they'll spend it. Yep. And, and it won't go to where it's supposed to go. Um, or, a lot of times, if they know they need a PM that's coming up, they may not have money for the PM or a set of tires or some of the wear items like brakes. So that's why we help them budget it from the escrow standpoint. Um, and we help with call center as well, direct them to, a, a, as you well know, how important it is to have a credible repair facility to do the work. So when that work is done and they leave, they don't have to come back in a week or two weeks or a month or a
0: couple months. So a lot like repair shops, they a lot of these these guys, these independents or mobile guys, they're not doing monthly or quarterly financial statements or even annual, right? They're just looking at their checking account, figuring right. out what they have in there and. They don't see all the, all the, like I said, there's points they're cash rich, and then there's points they're cash poor, right? Because of, of the flow of the, the way it goes.
1: Yeah, that's true. And, and one of the things um, we do a lot of the, on the education side with a warranty, the importance of having a warranty on that vehicle and keeping that truck on the road. Well, what we also found out that warranties don't always cover everything, and there may not be sufficient uh, monies in an escrow account, and that's where the repair financing comes in. So let's say hypothetically there's a, a warranty claim for twenty thousand dollars. The warranty company takes care of twelve. Well, there's a short <laughs> shortfall of eight thousand dollars. Yep. Somebody's got to make up that eight thousand yeah. dollars, and that's where we step in and we help um, with them in the budget. Now we'll also try to to manage the cash flow. Again, I keep bringing cash flow up, but you know we don't want to necessarily finance it for twenty four months. If we got to go thirty six months on
0: yeah. that
1: repair, that's what we'll do. Um, if there's money in escrow, we may want to leave the money in escrow for those tires or for the brakes for some of those wear items. So,
0: and you mentioned escrow a couple times too. Can you just kind of break it down in the simplest fashion, I guess, when you're, when you're talking escrow for a driver, what, what is that and how does, it, how does it work and how does it help them?
1: Typically when we work with a carrier, we will go ahead and schedule out all the, all the fees and costs for that owner operator. Let's say it's $800 a week. Out of that $800 will come a truck payment a warranty payment, uh, and whatever's left, put it in escrow yeah. you know, for a rainy day, so to speak. And we're looking at probably around 200 to $250 a week on the average, so you're looking at escrowing $800 to $1,000 in a given month. And that's not numbers we just came up with, but we ask around you know, some of the fleet service companies as to what do you think is a good number to, to put away. Um, so that's what we do. That's why we came up with those numbers. Yeah,
0: so on the weekly stuff, when I first heard it, I was like, man, I, man, I hate paying bills once a month, right? Like now I got to pay yeah. my bill, bill 52 times a year. Do you get that pushback from people or is it kind
1: of just a relief knowing, hey, I just know every week I, I bring an X. why is going out and well, there's think in, left Well, think in terms of where that money's coming from. A lot of times when we work with those carriers, the money comes directly from the carrier. Yeah. So they, that owner operator doesn't even see the money in the checking account. And that really makes it easy because it's almost peace of mind because we'll get that money directly from the carrier. They already know that that money is being directed to the, to the right place and uh, you know it's, it's easier for them. We, we even took a poll prior to rolling out the program and asked these owner operators firsthand, would this be helpful for you? And, and we've got glowing responses. 95 plus percent said, hey, that's what I wanna do. Yeah, no, it makes, it makes a, a total lot of sense. Um, the
0: one thing I'm interested in, uh, excuse me there, The one thing I'm interested in here is the fact that the economy is booming right now. Uh, New truck orders are out 12 to 18 months, which means there's more used trucks on the road. Are are you guys seeing, have you guys seen any effect of that at all in terms
1: of like the client base or is there any ripple effects that you're seeing from your business side of it? Well, we are. Obviously, those prices are up. And what does that affect? Your weekly payment. So we have to make sure that, that they're getting into a truck that's priced properly, and most importantly is to make sure that they can go ahead and afford those payments. Now, um, uh, their, their mileage is up, um, they're making more money so they can probably afford more today, but what happens in six months when the economy turns? Or there's a cycle that there is a downturn. Yeah. So maybe they're not making as much or they're, maybe they're not running as many miles or whatever it might be you know, then they don't think of those things. We help them forecast that stuff out. And again, we put a lot of emphasis on cash flow to making sure that they can afford it. And not only afford the truck and and, uh, all the expenses surrounding that truck, but they all have families. They have to put some money away. They have to save. They have to do all those things. And sometimes when you go from a driver to being an owner-operator, those things are not always you know forecasted they don't see all that stuff
0: yeah it comes to the business side of it right like they're just yes. used to when you work for somebody else you, you know your paychecks to be there every Friday and you got your other personal bills it just it changes a lot whether it's you know whether it's driving truck and owning a truck repair shops or, or <clears> doing whatever it's just the
1: mentality has to shift well you know it's tough with a lot of these owner-operators too and my background is commercial lending for 40 years I hate to admit that long <laughs> but for 40 years and on um, a lot of the owner-operators are at a disadvantage they pay more for parts. They pay more for insurance. They pay more for financing. They pay more for for everything. Fuel, the whole deal. And we help try to mitigate some of that and and reduce the costs. Even even something as simple as setting them up with a call center. Yeah. Because now, um, in most of the companies, most of the shops that we will work with in the call center, we try to make sure that they're they go to the to a repair facility that'll do a good job. Yeah. And when that truck comes out, they don't have to worry about. Um, you know, the truck not being repaired properly. So these companies you're working with, do they do they have to have A and B credits in order
0: to, to get some of these services? Or how do, you, how do you guys do that, right?
1: If we see A and B credits, we're doing good. But <laughs> most of what we're seeing, in, and I'll use the term challenged, yeah. just about every credit we see is a challenged credit. And just about every one, there's a limited, limited funds to put down on the truck. We do like skin in the game, so we will ask for some money up front. But for the most part, there's stories. Now, having said that, um, there are a lot of life events that happen which may have caused the challenge credit, like, for example, medical issues yeah. that come up, and it will tarnish the credit. So when we look at a lot of these credits, um, it, we understand that there's going to be problems, and a lot of these things we put off to the side. We don't just go off FICO scores. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. There's always a story, and we like to listen to the story. We understand it. We've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, again, very similar to what we see when
0: doing people that wanna buy uh, diagnostic tools, right? You got the certain percentage that are, that are very good, but there's a vast majority where it's the challenge credit, like you said, and they've had life events or they're trying to figure out how to be a business owner and not, not work for somebody else. And there's some growing pains you go through, through that stuff. So it's, it's, it's difficult.
1: It is. And, and one other thing I wanna to mention too, it's, there's a fine line. We have a lot of the old school owner operators that know how to work on their trucks, been around doing this a long time, yeah. and you have the millennials that are coming in, and I've read you know, articles upon articles where 50% of our industry, trucking industry, are gonna be millennials, I think, at the end of this year, yeah. for that matter. So we have to cater to both sides of it, both the old school guys and gals, and the new ones coming in, and as you well know, there is a huge shortage yeah. uh, of owner-operators and drivers and whatnot so we do have we do have to be conscious of who are you know who our customer base who's who are our members yeah we have to look at all that
0: yeah i mean that's the one thing i've noticed is a lot of the you know i'm I'm, i just turned 43 right but a a lot of the people i see yeah (laughs) (laughs) i wish (laughs) but you you know what what i see is a lot of 20 30 even young 40 year olds are just saying i'm not going to work for the man i'm going to go do my own thing and it seems like that's a growing trend and I guess when i think about it now owning trucks it's a great industry there's no shortage of freight ever to haul
1: if you're if you if you get some help and you know what you're doing you can make a great career out of it now, i'll give you a, a quick example of a young lady that that we had talked to to bring on board in our in our uh, as a member uh, she was an administrator for 30 years yeah. and she retired and she wanted to see the country so she thought What better way to see the country is to start driving a truck? Get paid for it. Get paid for it. I (laughs) could, you know, and um, uh, very knowledgeable, professional uh, lady. And I asked her, I said, What are some of your biggest fears? Yeah. You're going out on the road, you're a woman, you know, you have a year's worth of experience. uh, While you know a lot from your previous career, you got a lot to learn here. She said, Walking into a repair shop. Yeah. She said, Because they could tell me anything. And I've got to believe them. Um, so in those areas, we can help too. Uh, as a matter of fact, we do uh, a good job of actually assisting with auditing some of the repairs. Uh, we we uh, have a gentleman in our office, our COO, Alan McDonald, is an expert uh, in that area. And we look at those those invoices, and we look to see to make sure that the repairs are, are, that are re- being quoted are necessary. And of course, some of the pricing is aligned. She said, how do I get in? How do How do I get some of that? Because yeah. that takes away one of my biggest fears. So those are some of the things we do to help that may not be, you know, you don't see or not so, mentioned all the time, but yeah. they're there.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're trying to help that same thing from our side of the equation, which is the repair shops. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we want to help repair shops make sure they have the right training, make sure they have the right tools, make sure they have the right access to support, which is like our sure. call center. Because we know people that are making the investment in like that are – you know, they're gonna take care of their customers better, they're gonna be more efficient at fixing the trucks, they're probably gonna do better quality work. So it, it really kind of goes hand in hand on, you know, drivers wanna make sure they have a, a, they're comfortable with who's doing the repairs and repair shops wanna make sure customers are, it's just trying to trying to bridge that gap, which can be a little bit difficult.
1: Well, I could tell you one thing right now that we're implementing and working with with um, the repair financing is that let's let's get a, a readout, diagnostic printout of what's wrong with the truck going in. Yep. Let's see what repairs are being done. Yep. And we really like to see how that truck looks on the way out the door. Yep. Uh, one of the issues we run into and why we're so conscious of that is because if we lend a fair amount of money on a repair and that owner-operator goes back out on the road and in three months there's another significant repair, yeah. uh, we almost have to make that second loan to make sure the first loan gets paid. Yeah. So we're, we're being uh, a lot more conscious of that truck how it comes in, what's being done to it, and how does it leave. Uh, progressive damage is not good. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you're, you're more of an expert on that than I am.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of times people, when they see these podcasts or listen to them, they don't understand that you guys are here not just to do a podcast show, we're, we're here talking about things and oh, collaborating yeah. and, and doing Absolutely. those things. And that's where a lot of it comes from. Um, and, and it's exactly what you said, and then it's also monitoring the vehicle after it left and hopefully getting ahead of the problem before it's a problem. So I think we're all heading down the same path, and, and being able to do those things is better for everybody. It's better for the repair shops. It's better for the people that are supplying the services and the products and support, and it's better for the customer at the end of the day.
1: No doubt. It makes, it makes them more efficient. It helps us with the budgeting. Uh, unforeseen failures is not a good thing. As a matter of fact, we've had several conversations about diagnostics versus the predictive aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to, trying to mitigate some of those risks ahead of time. Uh, it's one thing to know what's wrong with the truck after it breaks down and how to fix it. But we're, we're trying to mitigate, eliminate, some, if we can, eliminate some of the roadside events. Because then if, if that happens, what, uh, if the truck's on the side of the road, it's either a tow, yep. which they're not cheap, or it's a mobile repair on the side of the road, which is not cheap. Yep. So we're trying to, trying to stay ahead of the curve and doing whatever we can to, uh, to look more on the predictive side.
0: Yeah, I, I think the whole industry's shifting. I, I, I've i talked about this in a couple episodes. It's, you know, trucks on the road, truck breaks down, then it's diagnosed, then yes. it's repaired, and then it's validated, right? And it, that whole thing shifts once you can start getting data off the vehicle and getting call centers and people revolve remotely and planning things, and it's it's better for everybody. So I, I think we get there as an industry. It's just gonna take a little bit of time, but technology, and we've showed you some of our stuff, It it's going fast, if you look back two or three years ago even.
1: It is going fast. And when you look at the, the, the progress that's been made, it's been made a lot with some of the larger fleets that'll adopt that, you know, the predictive side of it. They have the financial wherewithal to, to watch their trucks, either from a personnel standpoint or a financial standpoint. But again, it's the little guy yeah. that has that technology available to them, but they can't pull it off. Well, so we're there to help.
0: I mean, I look at it this way. You, you kind of look at what happened with emissions. Emissions came in. That changed the game for a lot of used truck buyers, sellers, insurance companies, extended warranties. Because now you got DPF filters, UGR coolers, and valves, and, and all these expensive things that everyone had to deal sure. with. All this kind of a sudden, off guard, and it car kind of repair shops off guard. They didn't know how to diagnose them. People are trying to delete things, and there's there a whole thing that happened. And the fact is, diesel laptops doesn't exist unless this whole emission requirement kind right. of came in. That was a big part of why we're here. And there's other companies. Uh, we're good friends with Steve Hoke at Redline Emission Products they sell emission products. Like That company didn't exist before emission requirements were in. But I say all that to say, I kind of look at what's happening with analytics and predictives and and, di- and remote diagnostics. It's kind of like the next the next frontier where everything's Absolutely. shifting to. And it is. Com- yeah, companies that kind of get ahead of it are going to be the big winners in this thing. And the ones that are figuring it out five
1: years from now are the ones that are going to be w- wondering where all their business went. Yeah, one thing we also do at Truck Suite is we do look for whenever we find something out in the marketplace uh, that will help Our members uh, we'll pursue it you know we'll we'll do uh, you know we'll do our analysis we'll look at it and if there is a need and it's not out there in the marketplace we'll create something and we did that recently with uh, a VRP program uh, vehicle return plan which if you're familiar with gap it's triggered by an insurance event Uh, we've done it with life events Uh, critical illness disability uh, loss of a CDL where we we have the ability to go ahead and and make payments on that truck to keep that owner-operator in the truck, or um, if something uh, happens to where they do not want to stay, remain in the trucking industry, they can turn their vehicle in, and we'll be able to make up the negative uh, equity in the shortfall. So we're always looking for new, innovative uh, products, programs, anything to help our, our customer base, and they really appreciate it. You know? Well, that's what I love about you guys. Every time I talk to you guys or get an email or a text, I'm like, oh, they got an, another idea, which is
0: great because I'm, I'm the same <laughs> way, right? I like, I, I'm just like throw ideas out there and eventually some stick and stick stick very, very sure. well. Um, and, and one of the points I wanted to talk about here too is you mentioned the repair financing from kind of the owner of the vehicle side. Can you kind of talk about it a little bit from the,
1: the other side of the equation with the actual repair shops? Well, we're finding out that some of these products that we're introducing for for the ca- for the carriers and or um, and the repairs work for the carriers too because a lot of times if there's a breakdown and the owner operator doesn't have the funds they're going back to the carrier for the money yeah and they're not in the lending business so yeah. we get referrals from carriers as well but it, as you, we've been talking about it helps the owner operator but from a repair shop standpoint it really helps them out um, I'm sure a lot of times they have owner operators come in small fleets come in and they need a repair that's that needs to get done to put that truck back on the road and they don't have the funds to do it you know they just don't so we do work with repair shops it's a growing uh, program for us Um, and we're seeing the benefit in some of these products with you know that we're branching out into other areas so yeah it is helpful quite a bit
0: well i love everything you guys are doing over there if someone wants to get a hold of truck suite uh what's the or get a hold of you what's what's the best way to do that
1: uh, our website, uh, www.trucksuite.com, or um, call me, Larry Wailuda, 949 910 9617. If you just get to our office, uh, even with our main number, we have a lot of uh, really qualified and, and astute uh, customer service managers that, that can help. Um, but it's real easy, it's real easy to get a hold of us. Yeah, they could call you. Yeah, you, you know, I, I am not Wings. giving out my personal phone number on <laughs> on, on, the, on the
0: public. I, I have to change mine every couple of years. I think it gets it gets out there once in a while. So hopefully you don't get hammered up with a bunch of, like, age sex questions or something weird. Well, but, uh, well I'll, I'll, uh, I'll filter them out on my phone. <so. laughs> well, it was very great having you on. I, I learned a ton. Great to see you guys in person. Um, love what you guys are doing over there. And really look forward to keep working with the guys over at Truck Suite and, and see what you guys come up with.
1: Again, appreciate the invite. It's good spending time with you. Um, enjoyed it. All right. Very well, much.
0: as we end every episode, it's just not diagnostics. It's diagnostics done right. And next time, we're gonna make we're gonna make sure Alan and Lynn get back here in front of the camera. So they yeah. Camera. So I could
1: sit and watch them and
0: and uh,
1: you know poke fun at them. <laughs> all right.
0: Well, thank you very much, everybody, for watching and listening. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you all.
1: Take care.